Conan. Fish are friends, not food. Hey. Carbs are friends and food. <clears throat> yeah, they are. Really good friends. Yeah. Really good friends. I love to eat some. Yeah, I went pasta, I went... potatoes, rice. It's all there on the it's all there for the taking. Yeah, I went to uh uh Carbs wedding, so um <coughs> I was actually his best man. I was um <laughs> fuck's sake. That was that was a we've started off poorly, so we will end poorly. Um yes, naturally. Yes. <clears throat> but before we get into what we're talking about, I've got a bad cough, and if you don't like that, you're a fucking bigot, okay? So let's get into <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> Let's get into the bullshit that we've got this week, Lewis. Um, yes, all right. Woo! News dump. (laughs) News dump. That's an accurate summation of, I think, most of the news usually is bad news. So a news dump is, that feels strangely accurate, doesn't it? Yeah, it absolutely does. Um, in case you don't know what a news dump is... Uh, Lewis and I couldn't really find anything too big to talk about in an actual segment this week. So what we've decided to do is to take a look at the news and, uh, yeah, just, just pick a couple of things and let's, let's talk, <coughs> let's talk about it. Woo! Um, let's talk about it while we hear Danny slowly die. Yeah, I'm the picture of health, Lewis. Don't... <laughs> okay. <coughs> okay. <coughs> First thing, um... Welcome to Emma Raducanu's world. Uh, the poison composure of Raducanu showed on the court was just as evident off it as she basked in her glory. That's the headline. What do you think that's about, Lewis? I think it might be about um, Emma Raducanu, who's just won the US Open and has not lost a single set of tennis. That is, um, that is amazing, isn't it? It is utterly insane. Yeah, it's... um. People always talk about... Uh, this is one of the great things that annoys me about... um people's attitudes towards women in sport is um i think they said to andy murray something about um oh you'll be the first british person or the um first british player first british no that was it it was something like um maybe you'll be the first person to win uh two grand slams in a row or or whatever it might have been and he turns around and goes well i think venus and serena have won about 20 of them each yeah exactly (laughs) that's so incredibly good at tennis and so is um this this emma uh Oh, completely blanked on the surname Raducanu. Raducanu, yeah. Yeah. Um, this who's incredibly, incredibly good at tennis, and um, it's just so lovely to see people be so good at things. It's yes. um, in a strange way, it makes me think how far have we come as a species from living in caves? Because essentially, what we're looking at with Emma Raducanu being so good at sport is we've got enough leisure time that we don't have to be like hunting down mammoths and pushing them off cliffs and trying to butcher them and 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 tan their skin and all this sort of stuff because we've got like we we live in a world where we have enough leisure time that Emma Raducanu can train and get incredibly good at tennis and now she's won this incredibly huge achievement i think Absolutely. it says something about our where where we stand as a species i think it's really impressive no it really does i mean it's like instead of just you know, hitting things because we had to survive. We can now hit balls in order to, you know, get a sense of joy and comfort and and you know a sense of achievement that doesn't involve mm. uh, that doesn't involve killing other human beings for resources. Um, mm, mm. I think it's it's amazing. You know, I mean, yeah, a hundred percent. I certainly couldn't do it, Lewis. You know no, what, what, what Emma has done. You know, I mean, try as I may, I can't even do. Uh, uh, two skipping ropes, you know, I'm, I'm, mm. I get to the first one, goes over quite nicely, and mm. then the next one hits hits my shins, doesn't it? Oh, tragedy. Yes, I'm quite good at Wii tennis. Um, I beat Chloe at Wii tennis quite regularly if we if we play, um, so I suppose that's good. I mean, I played Wii tennis with Chloe recently. I, I didn't win, so I'm not going to... Mm. I'm good at... Uh, what am I good at? I'm good at... Um, I'm good at acting. I'm good at that. Yes, that's yes. yeah. That's and um, I'm good at talking shite for an hour, uh, <laughs> to to an hour and a half every Sunday. Uh, mm-hmm. t- tune in. Um, I've got one final thing I want to say about um Emma Raducanu. Um, her amazing. By the way, what a brilliant name! It it flows so nicely off the tongue. But um, her 
Um, success reminds me of a headline from... Oh, God. My, my sense of time is terrible at the worst of times, but this was a mid-pandemic headline, so I've got no fucking clue when it came out. Yeah. Um, it was a headline like, um, in like a, a population poll of people in the street, 30% of men thought they could beat Serena Williams at tennis. And um, What? Exactly. <laughs> that was exactly what I thought. I just remember thinking, what? Because I, I just got this, this image, this bizarre image of this, this man who's got this this deep sexism instilled in him when he's like, yeah, well, just by virtue of the fact that I'm a powerful, strong man, I will beat Serena Williams at tennis. Yeah. And then he goes out onto the court and Serena Williams is just like, you know, she's got like a, a, a racket and she's got like tennis stuff on and he's there and he's tennis stuff and he's all, they're all ready to play tennis. And he looks at her and he thinks, oh, she'd be pressure if she smiled more. And then she serves the ball and it just passes cleanly through his skull and she just kills him immediately. <laughs> I, I, it's just the most insane thing to think. Yeah, I could beat Serena Williams at tennis. That'd be brilliant. I could easily do that. I just, I just don't know how arrogant you would have to be in order to even think that you could hold a candle to, to Serena Williams at tennis. Mm. But you know, that's uh, that's that's uh, masculinity for you, isn't it? You know, it's it's. Um, yeah. They're persistent. I'll give them that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, is, I don't even feel that confident about things I know I'm good at. Yeah, like, true. I know I'm a good cook. I know I'm a good writer. But even then, I'm I'm, I'm still fairly unconfident about them. Yeah, I wouldn't say, like, oh, "Are I you good at like, whatever?" I'd I be like, f- well, yeah, I, I can I can fucking destroy Tom Hanks in a in a <laughs> in an act off. <laughs> yeah, in an improv contest. Um, you know, well, I've never seen Tom Hanks do improv, so he might be really shit. Um, but uh, yeah, that's the that's the first piece of news. Mm. Um. So yeah, congratulations to uh, Emma Raducanu. Um, yeah. Uh, the next piece of news that I've got here um, is vaccine passports, Lewis. Oh, I. Yeah. So apparently, um, growing discourse on on whether uh, people uh, who are vaccinated uh, should should get a, a passport. That's not what it is at all. It's well, okay, so. In Scotland, I, I'm I'm almost entirely unaware of this. So you are, you are going to have to break this down quite right. intensely. Okay, so it I I don't know where it started. I think it's happening in Quebec as well, which is in Canada, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, there are these passports that are being sort of proposed that would mean that everyone would get them, and if you're not vaccinated twice and you don't have a passport saying that you are, you wouldn't be able to get into like nightclubs. And other venues like that to like, enjoy yourself rather than, you know, just as it is where you can just uh, do the track and trace at the door and then go in. Mm-hmm. Um, so in Scotland, it looked as if it was going to happen. Okay. But now uh, Sajid Javid uh, has said that the plans are going to be scrapped mm. in England. And I think that that's like, sort of putting pressure on Scotland to like, rethink whether they're going to try and uh, implement it. Hmm. Um, I think it. I mean, it. It sort of makes sense, doesn't it? Like, there's a there's a a, a horrific infectious infectious disease tearing its way through the population. Um, the UK has started beating the US in in numbers of new cases every single day. So, yeah. doesn't it make sense to have people have some way of saying, "Yes, I'm fully vaccinated. Here's proof. Yes, yeah, I can I... drive a car. Here's proof. Here's my driving license." Do you know what I mean? I don't. That make it makes sense to me. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out why, uh, what what people have said about it. Um, mm. someone called Maxime Bernier, Bernier, um, leader of the PPC. What is that? This could be an absolute <laughs> prick of a man. Um, the vaccinated can spread the virus too. The only rational but realistic way to prevent its spread would be to deploy rapid testing everywhere instead of a useless vaccine passport. What governments want is to control us, not to control the spread of the virus. Bloody hell. This is, um, this is that same insane uh, we-want-a-small-government nonsense of, okay, you want a small government, but what do you want instead, then? Because who's going to provide you um, clean drinking water? Who's going to provide um, a, a working sewage system, etc., etc., etc.? And then you ask these people this, and they say, well, we'll do that together as a community. 
Right, so this community group that's going to do all these things, how are you going to decide who does it? Well, I think we'll have um, probably some kind of election where we all just stand around and decide who's going to do it in the community. I see. So what you're saying is you want a locally organised group of people to to run things for the good of the community, and and that's different from a government how? Yeah. It, oh, it infuriates me to no end. Um, he is right that um, vaccinated people can spread the virus. This is this is true. And he's also, well, he hasn't said it there, but um, aware of the fact that there is now um, a variant that has uh, been developed, not developed, what's the word, evolved within the UK. So, yeah, I, I get it. It's perhaps not the most flawless system in the world, but it's yeah. better than nothing, surely. <clears throat> and the thing that... Um, the the thing I, th- I find this compared to a lot when I have seen similar things online is the idea of having to show ID to vote um, in an election, which is yeah. something that I think they do in certain counties and states in the US. I, it's not common practice in the UK, mm-hmm. um, or at least not when I voted anyway. Um, I think, yeah, because you get sent your polling card and then you take that, I think, and then they say, oh, yeah, you are Lewis Brindley. Go and go and vote for whatever you want. And then I go in and, and see it's Tory, UKIP, Lib Dems, and I go, oh, the only people on the ballot. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, the point I'm trying to make is that is a flawed system to have to present ID when you vote. Absolutely. Because it costs money to get an ID. Yeah. I, For example, I do not have a valid passport at the moment because there is no reason for me to have one and it costs a lot of money to get a valid passport. Um, and that's just not something I've been able to afford in, in recent time. I've got uh, my um, driver's license, which doesn't ever go out of date, I think, or it does when I'm 60 or 70 or 80 or whatever the law is nowadays uh, but it does eventually go out of doubt and i'll have to get it redone but that'll be when i'm 70 yeah so the problem with saying everybody must have an id to vote is that people who cannot afford um to to get their passport cannot afford to get a driving license cannot afford to get um different sort of secure forms of identification that excludes yeah. them from voting which skews the vote in favor of people who are more affluent which obviously presents its own set of problems yeah absolutely but if the vaccine passport is being provided free of charge to anybody that has their jab, I mean, it's in I'm in my wallet now. I've got them. I'm sure you've got one, Dan. I know you've had your jab. It's a little piece of cardboard, um, the size of a credit card or something, and it just says, um, it just says this is the vaccine that you've had. I think it, I've forgotten which one I've had. I think it's um, Pfizer or whatever. It says yeah. Pfizer, and then the person that gave it to me signed it and put the date, <clears> and then and now I carry it with me everywhere. Yeah. So if I was tried to go into the pub and they said, "Have you got your vaccine card?" and I showed them that and they said, "Yep, go in," that's completely fine. If that's yeah. a state-sponsored cost, I haven't got to pay anything extra. Then I don't have a problem with that whatsoever. If they start imposing loop loop uh, uh, hoops you have to jump through to get a vaccine passport, then you start to question what the morals of it are and why people might be doing it. But at a, at a purely surface level, I can't see any problems with that. Yeah, I mean, people are saying, well, if it doesn't uh, stop the spread of the virus, then what's the point? Um, Because if you have the vaccine and you're vaccinated, it reduces the symptoms and it makes the symptoms a lot harder to be be in full force. So if you haven't been vaccinated and you're among people that have, your symptoms are going to be worse, which means that the spread of contagion is going to be worse as well. So, I mean, it's... It's... um, if you look at it that way, I'm just looking at Twitter here because some people are lit, um, saying really funny things. Uh, got my vaccine passport, said Todd Starnes, and it's a picture of the Constitution of the United States of America. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> the best the best thing I've ever seen about the US Constitution was in Family Guy. <laughs> when they said, yeah. um, when it was, a, it was like a, just a stupid cutaway. And it was um, a few founding fathers stood around and they said, okay, we've nailed down the Constitution. We've got everything in there that we want to get in there. Uh, do you think that bit about the right to bear arms is, um, do you think that's that's accurate? Do you think that's all right? Do you think people will understand it? And um, one of the founding fathers goes, yes, completely. I think everybody will understand that every US citizen has the right to a, to a, a bear arms on their wall. They have the right to kill a bear, take its arms and stuff them and put them on the wall. Everybody should know that for all, all time. And it's, yeah, okay. That's the joke, obviously, is, oh, they've misunderstood the Constitution or whatever. But at the end of the day, it was written in, literally in the 1700s. So yeah. it's all very well to say um, that it's it's an important document. And it is an important document. But 
it was written in the 1700s. So much has changed since then. That's why there are amendments and changes and... Oy, I just... I, don't, I can't... I can't get... I can't get behind it. This idea of we must follow this document to the letter forever. Yeah. It's like, well, how how would George Washington react if you showed him an iPhone? What what would his what would his reaction possibly be to that it's, device? It's aliens. Ex- well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you can't rely on everything he says because we live in such a changed world now. Oh, like, oh my god! <laughs> okay. Have you just started bleeding out of your eyes? Or something? I I have I've just seen possibly the worst tweet ever. The vaccine right. passport is exactly like the Nazi yellow star. Oh, Jesus um, Christ. If the Nazi yellow star means that the recipients had received life-saving medicine at no cost to themselves, and maybe with some free lottery tickets as a side bonus. Oh! Oh, no, wait, no, it's fine. It's criticising that, I guess. I, I guess. It's not doing a very good job of it. That, the, it's a the, very clunky way to... Yeah. Jesus. If you're if trying to defend star, something, maybe don't compare it to... Christ. Why is it the Nazi yellow star? It's called... It's the Star of David, you fucking idiot. Well, it's not... <laughs> the Nazi yellow star. <laughs> what? Um, That's weird. But uh, yeah, Twitter is a, is an absolute hellhole. And, uh, yeah, it Twitter is avo- a hellhole. It should be avoided at all costs, uh, I, I would say. Yeah, um, I find I only go on Twitter when I'm in the mood to get angry about something. Yeah, I'm kind of in a bad mood anyway, and then it's all right. Time to look at Piers Morgan's Twitter, <laughs> and I look and I get angry about whatever stupid thing he said recently. And it's, yep, that's better. I'm I'm, I'm nice and angry now. I can go and smash up some cardboard boxes to fit them in the bin or whatever. Yeah, no, I mean, folks, the reason that that these uh, passports have been implemented is because governments are trying to encourage more people to get the vaccine, because getting the vaccine does decrease the symptoms of covid and once most people are vaccinated it will be much harder for the virus to mutate and develop mm. so the longer get... the virus is here the harder it is to fight against it yeah so that's 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 it that there's no more than that if you get the vaccine your symptoms will be massively reduced and your system will be able to deal with it much better and that means that we will have to deal with it for a lot less time the rate we're going, this is going to be the next thing until 2030, for Christ's sake. It's yeah. absurd. Absolutely. Um, but in terms of news, I'm not really seeing anything else. Um, right, okay, here we go. I'm going to look at The Guardian, that well-known bastion of accurate, <laughs> neutral political reporting. Yeah. Is is there an, a new... I suppose The Independent is probably neutral. Um. Uh, Emma Raducanu is good at tennis. Uh, the UK. Oh, have you heard about this? There's a hike in the national insurance tax. Uh, no, I haven't. Yes, national insurance tax is something that um, it's it's if you're not if you're not aware, I think it's essentially very similar to the US social security system. I think because I I pay my national insurance and my tax and all that, obviously. Um, but you pay however much into your national insurance, and then when you retire, you get your national pension out of it. That's that's essentially the the, the concept. Um. But the idea is that in the meantime, between when you start paying and when you start drawing on the pot, um, that money is used for social care and social sort of uh, things like uh, nursing homes, things like um, schools, things things like that. And um, at the minute, Boris Johnson, uh, despite all of his campaign promises to not raise the national insurance tax, um, he is raising the national insurance tax. Um, yes, uh, in order to fund social care. But then, uh, this is something that I just, I, I utterly cannot abide. Because it's, extri- now that I think about it for more than two seconds, it's actually very similar to the poll tax that was what sort of got Maggie out in the end. Yeah. The national insurance is something that everybody pays. Literally everybody you meet in the UK, uh, if they pay any form of tax at all, they do pay national insurance. I pay it, Dan pays it, I'm sure. Everybody yeah. pays it. Um, so, essentially... It's calculated based on your income, so are you. I mean, I I don't quite enjoy doing my taxes, but you put in all your different information about how much you've earned over the past year, what your taxable income is, and all the rest of it. Or at least, if you're self-employed, you do, and then it spits out a number and says, okay, based on these calculations, the percentage of your income and whatever, you have to pay X amount national income, and you have to pay national insurance tax. Sorry, and you have to pay X amount of income tax, and yes. then it combi- 
I think, at least for me, it combines those into a big <coughs> one number, and then I just pay it all at once, because it's easier for me that way. Um, but the national insurance is something everybody pays, and income tax is based on income. But what that means is that, um, essentially, what I'm trying to say is that Boris Johnson is trying to tax everybody at a similar rate, which is just not fair, because no. you can't tax everybody at a similar rate, because there's people like Richard Branson who has more money than God. It's like, well, maybe we should not do that? Maybe we should, like, tax, people tax that the can rich? Actually, yeah, can, that can absolutely demonstrably afford it, rather mm. than people who are already living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Like, like what we're talking about, can't even afford ID to go and vote. So, but somehow they have to contribute the same amount as a rich person who can afford ID and mm. votes all the time and jumps the country every six months to avoid the tax uh, that they should be paying anyway. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I saw I saw a, a togi uh, a, a togi I saw a Tory slogan saying that them. Oh shit! What was it? It was something really funny because I think it was just after they announced that they were going to do this. Um, mm conservatives Ugh. got a blue heart emoji on their twitter fucking pricks um can you tell who I support uh wait <laughs> where is it where is it I can't find it man it was like a three promise sort of thing it was like uh, we can promise low taxes uh mm. oh oh never mind um I can't remember what it was. It was something really funny, though. Um, is it on Downing Street, maybe? Downing Street? Uh, Boris Johnson? I'm sorry. If if I don't find it in the next three seconds, I'm just giving up. <coughs> um, one. Two. Right, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Three no, I can't find it. Um Okay. But it was something really it was it was like a three tier promise sort of thing. Almost like mm. in the Soviet vein of like peace bread land. It was like low taxes, uh uh low state intervention or something like that. Mm. And now the before they've even fucking been re elected, <laughs> they've broken that promise, so hey I know. I know. It um yep. Well, I'm I'm looking forward, at the very least, to the glorious future that Brexit will be providing for me. I'm Absolutely. looking forward to um, what, what are like food shortages and shit because of Brexit. Yeah, I can't wait for xenophobic isolationism to set in. Oh, love it! You know that's my bread and butter right there. Um, but in terms of news, I think I think three three pieces is quite a big dump. Um, you know that's a lot of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Lot of, so um, I think if if you unless you've got anything else, Lewis, I think we could probably. I certainly do not move on. Well, uh, folks, in short, um, tennis is doing well. Uh, get the vaccine, and uh, yeah, don't trust the Tories. Wait. Yeah. Um, Woo. if you like this format, let us know of us talking about the news. Um, because. It's something we've never actually considered before. We've always tried to find something interesting relative to the show. Um, but yeah, if you like us talking about the news, tell us. If you hate it, let us know. What? Either way. <laughs> yeah, let us know. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks so much, and we will see you next time. Yes. Okay, here we are at Finding Nemo. <gasps> Have, Where uh, is he, Dan? Where is oh, he? Oh, I found him. He's... And... Uh, it was written by Andrew Stanton, and it was directed by Andrew Stanton, and uh, is starring Albert Brooks, Ellen DeGeneres, Alexander Gould, and Willem Dafoe. Wow. Uh, do you have an opening statement? Um, I do. This is the first movie I ever saw in the cinema when I was a little one. Um, wow. I, I, I enjoy this movie very much. It's, as with all Pixar movies, it's um, the first movie is sort of an important, powerful treatise on life. And the second movie is a fun-filled romp. I, I, I really enjoy this movie. It's really good. Absolutely. Um, an incredibly emotional film about learning to trust and get over trauma and anxiety. Also making judgments about people before you know them is a bad way to live. Yeah, good point.
Um, um, okay, we've got some CRQs, CRSs, <clears throat> CR whatever. Yes. Uh, first nitpick. So the fish adopt the accents of the places they live. Uh, it would seem so, yes. Now, I don't know if many people know how language works, but um, in order for you to have an accent, it has to be developed because of the dialect of the place that, uh, you know, the people are speaking, and it comes from where the language started and how it's evolved, and... Uh, fish don't talk, so how the fuck they well, speak like that? If you're gonna, no, Lewis, the toys aren't actually I, alive. I see in real the life. irony, Lewis. I know what I'm talking about, okay? <clears throat> but for some reason, the fish in Sydney speak like people from Sydney, which mm. makes no sense, okay? If we're, so if we're how gonna, would you rather they speak? Just they should speak in an accent that we've never heard before. Just I in see. A, a really weird accent because fish would have no frame of reference to what we actually sound like. So and f- yeah, and well, <laughs> and then it jumps and then it jumps to the conclusion. Well, why are the fish speaking at all? Good point. We should just have <laughs> subtitles, okay? Just a subtitled film like Parasite, right? Just subtitles. Mm. You know, they're speaking, but in a language that we don't understand. Because mm. like, what was that? What was that Ricky Gervais thing? I, don't, I, I try to avoid thinking about Ricky Gervais, so I'm honestly not sure. Yeah, it was like his podcast or something, and he was saying, if a lion could speak, we we would never be able to understand it because its frame of references are just so out of left field, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like If we could hear what a lion was thinking, we wouldn't even begin to understand it. Yeah, it, the, it just, um, yeah. Do you know what the, that the, is? The, the, I I do understand that. I don't know what specifically it comes from. the The only vaguely similar thing I've I've, I've heard. I remember there was a character from a comic book. He was sort of a superhero. Um, I think he had uh, like a power set similar to Beast from the X Men. Um, but he was also of reduced intelligence because he'd sort of turned himself into part animal, part guy. So he was like had the relative intelligence of an animal. Yeah. And um, in these like thought bubbles and stuff, he would just say fight, flight. Flight, fight, fight, flight. That would be all he would say, um, which was strange. But it sort of it was an interesting sort of take on it in a funny way. No, well, yeah, that that does sound like a a funny way of doing it. Um, I remember we, we I think we've had it. I mean, I'm sure we've had this conversation before. But um, I think we googled it before and we said it found something like um, the example that was given was um, a doctor and um, a doctor and a nurse are doing an operation and um, they're doing it and whatever. And then after that, they all go and go out for a meal or something with all the other people in the hospital or whatever. And um, the doctor says to the nurse, um, nurse, salt. And she passes in the salt. And the, the joke is that he would say, uh, nurse, scalpel. And she would pass him a scalpel when they're in the theater. But they are in a restaurant and there's a salt shaker on the table or whatever. And that's that's the joke. It's not a very yeah. good joke, but what are you expecting? I'm a bit of an idiot. <laughs> so, but the 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 point that it's trying to get round to is that a lion or a or a or a or a fish, I suppose, it wouldn't have any concept of what surgery is. It wouldn't understand what salt is. It wouldn't understand what sitting down and socialising is. It wouldn't understand what a doctor is. It wouldn't understand what a nurse is. These are all things that are alien to lions and alien to fish. So you do have to give it a bit of a. You have to anthropomorphise the fish a bit. Yeah. <laughs> to, to to actually make a story that makes any kind of sense. No, definitely. Um, but I still think that we should have subtitles. Uh, yeah, so that's the first point, and we spent about five minutes <laughs> talking about that. Uh, but um, go on, Lewis. Have you got have you got something? Um, I've got something. It's it. I've seen this online in in spits and spots. Um, it's likely that Nemo's dad is actually Nemo's mum as well. Um, oh yeah, because clownfish clown can change their sex, can't they? Yes, they can. They can change their sex depending on assorted variables and stuff like that. And I think I actually read somewhere they can. It sometimes they can be influenced to do it just based on the temperature of the water. Wow. If the water gets to a sufficient heat, they're like, oh well, looks like it's time to change my sex. Um, so they just do. Um, so just like in Jurassic Park, life finds a way. Um, so yeah, I suppose that's what Marlin is doing. Is Life is finding a way via Marlin, sort of swimming his way all around Australia. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, I wish they'd sort of brought that up in a film, but then again, 
this is you know um god forbid we teach kids about the most basic uh concepts such as different uh groups of people have different roles you know when it comes to gender um but I, that, I get um, from from um oh that family guy the simpsons crossover well, i've got a lot of family guy today that's that's a weirdly <laughs> yeah, dense we episode um but yeah it's um and remember kids cartoon violence is fine as long as you don't show a nipple it, <laughs> that's exactly what it is yeah that's you can have yeah yeah it was like um but stuff like deadpool will get away with it look 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 just oh yeah that's absolutely fine no wait that's I think not Deadpool was a 15 yeah 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 and like there was so much sex in that like ryan reynolds and uh, i can't remember the actor's name um uh, baccarin i think is her surname is it morena baccarin it might be i know her character's name if was i've Van- got that vanessa oh my god i was right morena baccarin whoa was, well I'm, done i'm quite but... impressed by my 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 brain there yeah um, <laughs> yes that 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 this is the person i'm correct she was also in Homeland and Greenland. Well, there you go. Uh, and other things, all of which I've not seen. She was in Gotham. She was in Firefly. She was in Gotham. Uh, yeah. She was in V, whatever that might be. She was in The Mentalist. I fucking love The Mentalist. It's it's really good. Yeah. I haven't seen The Mentalist. It's pretty good. It, well, um, I, <laughs> I'll, take your, I'll take your word for it. Um, it's, um, it's quite good. It's... Um, it it, it it sort of does the, the Sherlock Holmes mind trick thing, but better. It, the, the, the key story is that this main character, um, the, the mentalist, he had a career as like a sort of a psychic on stage. Like his family was sort of circus performers as he sort of um, like going back through time sort of thing. And they did that sort of, oh, I'll read your palm and I'll tell you about your kids and all that sort of stuff. And um, then as he, the sort of the baton was passed to him, he... Um, was using this these tricks and stuff and cold reading and all this sort of stuff to do like TV um, psychic readings and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, he's very clear in saying, no, it's a scam. There's no such thing as real psychicness. It is a scam. I look at you and I learn things about you and it is a scam. And um, which is you know, quite refreshing in a nice way. Um, but yeah, it, I think the start of the show is um, he, the police sort of go to him for advice about this this serial killer and in his sort of arrogance and his um his sort of very privileged bubble of being on tv and all this sort of stuff and he's very rich and all this he says oh yeah i, I think red john is a uh, this this serial killer. i think red john is just like a really pathetic man that can't come forward and face the consequences of his actions and all this sort of stuff um and then as, as revenge this killer kills his family and then the show is um this mentalist this psychic sort of working with the police sort of partly to um have access to the case files about red john and his family and partly to just because he enjoys it it is quite a good show i quite like it it sounds very much like sherlock holmes like with a consulting detective type thing it sort of is yeah but it's like better (laughs) it's um the thing i I mean how how pronounced are his psychic abilities um I don't know what the word is. Very, but he's he's he sort of says like um, people sometimes say to him like like there's episodes of the show where he encounters um, people who call themselves psychics, and he always sort of rolls his eyes and goes, oh, "For God's sake, it's a scam! It's not real! It's a scam! It's yeah. tricks that my parents taught me and stuff like that." Um, so the sort of the endearing thing he does is sort of he's he's very the thing that makes him different to a lot of the other policemen he's sort of forced to work with and stuff like that is that. Um, He's, he's able to sort of empathize with people in a much more extreme way than they can. And he sort of talks yeah. to them and says, I'm sure you must be feeling very sort of, this is a very basic thing. I'm sure you must be feeling sad that your son is dead. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Whoa. Wow. Key powers of observation there. Fucking um, psychic. Yeah. But um, no, that's the, like he, um, it's a very charming person. And because he's got these, essentially it works the way of, he's got extreme people skills. That's probably the best way to describe it. Right. His extreme people skills. But it's, it's. I quite like the show. It's quite good. Well, I, um... Who's in it? Who's the main guy? Um, oh, God, I've forgotten his name. Simon Baker and um, Robin Tunney, who has, done, who has done stuff other than The Mentalist, I think, but I can't remember what. Right. Um, well, I'll give it a look. look. I'll, I'll certainly give it a look. 
there's like um, yeah there's a, there's seven seasons and it it, it, it it's, bits of it oh are quite samey so it, it is difficult to get through but <laughs> it, it, there I mean, are good episodes for you i'll give it a go but anyone that knows me knows that i fucking hate psychics with a passion um yeah well so does the main character who was once a psychic so it's quite that's what that's what makes it quite endearing in a strange way well that's good um Robin Tunney has done loads of stuff, actually. Yeah, Prison Break, uh, House, loads of stuff. I like House. House is good. I have never seen House. Yeah, well, Hugh, Hugh Laurie, given his best um, Sherlock Holmes impression. <laughs> uh, so, as, as an American guy, though. Um, ah. Yeah, it's weird. But um, anyway, the Mr. Thing happened again in this film. The, the mister thing? What do you mean? Yeah, I think... I, I don't know if I spoke to you. You know that way where you know you've spoken to someone about something? <laughs> and you don't know whether it happened to you yeah, or to yeah. someone else? Well, in this film, um, Marlon, when he wakes up on Crush's mm. back, is like, Mr. Turtle? And uh, the the turtle's like, Whoa, I'm not, I'm not Mr. Turtle. Mr. Turtle was my dad. Oh, right, yeah, you did mention this in the last podcast. Yeah, yeah. it happened again, and every time I hear it, I'm going to fucking mention it in <sighs> every film or TV show mm. that we do from now on, because it's, mm. it's so stupid. Um, but I mean, I don't I don't particularly like being called Mr. Brindley. I mean, it's not because I think of Mr. Brindley as my dad. I, if somebody says Mr. Brindley, I will look up and go, yes, because I know they're probably talking to me. But yeah. It, it's a bit sort of... Because it's like a sign of respect, and I, I just don't, I don't like the inherent sort of inequality of it. I yeah. just, just call me Lewis, or, or do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't quite get it. I just want to say I'm not critiquing like people, you know, <laughs> like, that say, "Can you?" I'd rather you just called me this. I'm critiquing the fact of how fucking common it is in every single film. It's like, it's not even funny anymore, you know. Mm. It's like, whoa, you've got the same second name as your dad, but your dad is Mr. It's, that's the joke, and it's just so boring, and it's in every mm. fucking film. It, mm. I, I guarantee you, if you watched four random films, that would be in one of them. Um, I get, yeah, I, you're, you're, you're probably I right. Isn't, isn't, isn't it in School of Rock? It must be, mustn't it? Because that's a very Jack Black type line, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Like, no, I'm not Mr... Uh, school of Rock. That was my dad. She called me a school. Mr. School. <laughs> I can't remember his name from that movie for the Schneeb- life of me. Schneebly. Schneebly. Oh, Jesus. Um, what's his first name? Well, that's not his name. That's the name that he pretends to be. His real name is Dewey Finn. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Schneebly mean... is a very made-up name, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's actually Schneebly. Um, but, um, what I would like to talk about is the okay. anglerfish in this film. Anglerfish oh, okay. fucking fascinate me, Lewis. Yeah. I don't know why. It's probably because of the sheer amount of mystery surrounding them. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably why I'm so interested. Um, who'd, who the fuck would have thought it? But it, isn't it something like 4% of the ocean has been discovered? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, there's a really good video by Kuzgazakt, um about this exact subject, yeah. Yeah, um. So anglerfish, how how far deep down are anglerfish? Very. <laughs> like the the deepest? Is it the deepest? Or is it is it is it, is it as far down as we've went? Um, the fish habitat is um. Oh jeez. Come on, here we go. Right, the anglerfish is in the abyssopelagic region. So right on your on your top, you've got fish basically all your normal fish like jellyfish turtles dolphins all the rest of it mm-hmm. and then below them you've got squid krill um crab below them you've got viper fish which look horrifying and um this means nothing to me why am i just saying this come on now oh let's, jesus it's a terrible a picture look. of an anglerfish layers um, of the ocean i want an infographic that'll explain this to me um, Here we go. Anglerfish are in the abyssopelagic zone, and the abyssopelagic zone, which I think is also called the abyssal zone, is um, the lowest you go in the main ocean. There are trenches in the ocean, like the Mariana Trench and stuff like that, which is the hadal zone, according to this um, 
uh, this <laughs> infographic from um ever oh berkeley university yeah okay that's that's all right then um so yeah that's yeah it's probably accurate wait are you look see your layers of the ocean thing are you mm. looking at a, a sort of made up a diagram made by kids is that because that's what i'm looking at the top top result when you search how far down are anglerfish is seafishpool.com it's a it's a it's a diagram with a sun in the top left corner a little brown smudge that says oceanic divisions and it's supposed to be the coast i suppose and then there's also this other stuff that says where all the fish are basically three thousand three thousand feet jeez oh yeah yeah, anglerfish are horrifying. So, I mean, to think about it, they've evolved to have that little light on their head mm-hmm. to be able to let's see in the ocean and stuff like that. And that's like, that's just so crazy because I love the idea of like, putting something in a specific uh, scenario and they have to then adapt. If you know what I mean? Mm. Like, the idea that, that, that just... The cells have decided, yep, we need a light for this fucking place, man. It's too dark down here. Yeah. <laughs> that is just so amazing to me. It is amazing, you're right. Yeah, it's so it's so cool. Um, As I understand it, the anglerfish, the idea of the bioluminescent thing is less so that they can see and more so that it'll attract other things. Because yeah, the majority for... of, 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 of life forms at that depth are bioluminescent. So any other predator or prey, because I think the anglerfish is like top of the food chain for that bit. So anything else will just approach any light source that it can find. If you dropped a torch into the ocean, they'd all swarm around it because there's a probable yeah. chance that there will be fish or humans or something or a whale near that. So the idea of the light is just a bait and lure in other fish and then they will sort of make their way towards it and the <clears> anglerfish <throat> can strike and grab them sort of thing, which is ugh, the stuff of nightmares. Yeah, very much so. What was the thing that killed uh, coral and the kids at the beginning oh god i've got no idea is it uh uh oh what am i thinking of begins with a b boat at the beginning of nemo what no the you know how at the beginning of the film and marlin and coral who are together Mm. and then that uh fish attacks them ah right okay yeah i'm I'm, i've googled it now what's Um, it called a barracuda attack. Barracuda, that's what it is. Yeah. Barracuda. The yeah. What do you know? What really weirds me out about this film? Why some fish are like essentialist in their behavior, mm. and other fish are individuals. If you okay. get me, like the I, sharks. I'm not sure I do. The the sharks that are supposed to be like you know sharks are like vicious and will kill what they need to kill. They have like internal struggles and things like that. Um, the pelican Nigel that will just eat fish is like, oh, sorry, fish got to swim, birds got to eat, and but the the angler fish and the barracuda are just bad fish that eat mindless sort of yeah, yeah killing machines. That's a really good point because that's the reason that I think a lot of people <coughs> think it's it's sort of ethically okay to eat fish is that fish aren't very intelligent. It's difficult to say, oh, this fish is suffering because fish. Can a fish suffer? Are they intelligent enough to, to feel pain? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, it, you can sort of see when, um, like, a, a, an animal of sort of pet-level intelligence, you can see when they're in pain. You can see when they're upset about something. Monica is a right pain in the arse when she's annoyed about something. And it'll be something stupid like, oh, these shoes are slightly in the wrong place. Okay, yeah. Monica, thanks. But it, can, can a fish be upset? Do you know what I mean? But when you consider this theoretical world that Finding Nemo is set in, in which the fish are of human-level intelligence, and every now and then um, a, a, a dolphin or a whale or a pelican or whatever will just dive into the water, scoop you up and eat you, and that's it. You can yeah. die at any moment. Yeah, definitely. That's kind of horrifying, that <clears throat> world. Yeah, I mean, Pixar has like a very sort of big knack for... like things that we would consider non-conscious and giving them consciousness. Mm-hmm. You know, like, where, whether it be Toy Story, whether it be Inside Out, whether it be, um, uh, Finding Nemo, um, mm. what other stuff, uh, yeah, just, just things that you wouldn't, like, consider in, in creating very complex character-driven stories, 
out of it. I yeah. just like just why are some fish that look scarier bad guys? But also the sharks are yeah, it's really sort of arbitrary about what fish behave mm. like, mm. how fish behave. That is a good <clears> point though, because that's when I was a kid. That's what always really scared me about um, the the barracuda, obviously, but also the anglerfish was that they're just dead behind the eyes. Yeah. There's no humanity. There's no soul behind them. They are just something that's there to eat. Yeah. Which is just really scary. Really scary. <laughs> I remember thinking it was so scary when I was a kid. Um, but even the, the seagulls aren't particularly intelligent. No, true. They have a little bit of sort of life to them, and there's a mine, 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 as they're looking yeah. down at something. I don't. So, you know what I mean? It's. it's yeah. You make a very good point. It's strange that things are so strange in this world. It's a, it's, it's weird. It is really weird. Um, I, I also like to to point out the amount of memorable villains in this film. Mm-hmm. Whether it be the barracuda, where it, whether it be the anglerfish or Darla. Um, oh God! <clears throat> yeah. Even the divers when Nemo's taken mm. really scared me when I was a kid. Yeah. Because it's like I mean. Because you completely get it from Nemo's point of view, this huge big thing, like bigger than anything that you've ever seen before, just has this huge big net that traps you and takes you away. Mm. That is so. It used to. It used to really scare me. I used to have to skip that scene, more mm. so than the 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 anglerfish. Um, We're introducing our kids to um, introducing kids to cosmic horror nice and early. Yeah, exactly. This thing that's bigger than anything you can ever imagine is just coming to swallow you whole. Oh my god, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wonder what other weird fish are down at the bottom of the ocean. Oh god, loads of weird fish. Um, there's a, a lot of the time, like, this is a lot of the information I'm getting on this uh, is from this Kuzgzak video that I very much recommend going and watching, which I can't remember the name of, which means, which is not helpful at all. Um, but yeah, a lot fish. of the fish at the deep, deep, deep down in the ocean are sort of, um, they exist to sort of passively feed off of everything. Yeah. They're sort of very big and very flat, typically, so that anything that happens to just drift through the ocean, they can catch one or two skin cells off a, off a whale or something. Yeah. That's died in the sea above and is sort of disintegrating as it rots, which is yeah. a gross thing to think about. But yeah, so that's what I imagine a lot of other fish are like down there. It's just very still, very much not doing anything. Yeah, I'm look, I'm looking at some of the images just now. You've got the blobfish, mm-hmm. which which is such a harsh name. Yeah, and it looks so weird. Yeah, but that's it. Only looks weird because it's been taken out of a high pressure environment, so it's all a weird shape. If you if you put it back in the ocean, it looks like a fish. I know, but what kind of fish? Oh, right, blobfish swimming. blobfish when it's at its natural sort of depth just looks like a fish it looks kind of like a puffer fish really um oh so it does yeah okay yeah but then um the actual when you when you think of the blobfish why it looks like that is because it's been grabbed by a diver and then wrenched up twenty thousand feet in very short time so yeah it's just massively injured it just It'd be like, like if an a... alien scooped you up to um a sad middle-aged man that's what it looks like yeah but if an alien sort of scooped you up into space and named you Explody, do you know what I mean? <laughs> you don't explode in space, though, do you? No, no. Freezy. Freezy. Desiccated E. Cold. Freeze dry D. Yeah. Co- cold boy. Ice Co- boy. Yeah. So if if an alien picked you up and named you Ice boy. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. I'll give it, I'll give you that one. I'll give you it. I'll give you it. Thanks, um, Dan. Um, <laughs> This is a bit of a nice tidbit of trivia about the film. Bruce. Bruce. <laughs> Bruce. Uh, the shark is, I think, named just because I think Bruce is a nice ocker farmer name, a nice Australian farmer name. I already um, know what you're going to say. Oh, what am I going to say? You're going to say that that's what they called the the, the big animatronic uh, in Jaws. Yes, I am. Yeah. You've said that before, Lewis. I I'm, have, I'm one oh. step ahead, bitch. Woo! Uh, did you know that the shark from Jaws was powered by pneumatics? Yes, you've said this as well. I said this too. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, do you know what his alternative name was other than Bruce? Jaws. No. No. Don't know. Flaws, because he never worked. So you said that as well. Oh, God, Lewis. You're bringing out the classics today, pal. 
Oh. I have. I've made references to Family Guy. I'm talking about facts I've known from the past. Yeah. Oh, we're um, doing very well. Shall I? Shall I uh, put in a wee topical query? Go on then. How much freedom can children be allowed to enjoy? Oh goodness me! It's um, it's a good job that's not a big question. Um, <laughs> obviously, that's very tough to say because. Yeah. It's striking a balance between allowing your kids to make choices from them for themselves and learn what it means to be free and learn that actions have consequences, but also you don't really want your kids to just get abducted by a bloke in a scuba suit with a big net. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You, you have to find the middle ground. So the answer to the question is, I don't know. And a more complex answer would be, I suppose it's case by case. Each kid has a different yeah. set of things it understands and likes and hates and um there's that i think think it was david mitchell on would i like to you is um what i needed to be told as a kid wasn't don't put your hand on the stove or don't cross the road without looking what i needed to be told was most days you probably won't die so i think it's um you need to sort of turn and determine it by kids when i was a kid i was like a shy terrified little child so i sort of needed somebody to sort of put me on a bike and push me and go 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 out there do stuff um, but there yeah. are other kids, I'm sure, that you have to sort of keep on a short leash and sort of say, no, do not run into the road, do X or Y. And it's difficult to say because, as with all people, all kids are a bit different, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, as I was a kid, I was an obnoxious, loud uh, know-it-all. So, you know, <laughs> look at me now. Um, I think that <laughs> I think that kids are severely underestimated in our society. I used to mm-hmm. I used to think and to some degree still do because of my bias. I used to think that kids were really really stupid. But mm. like they're so intelligent it is like it, it, you can't even it, it's actually impossible for me to grasp how intelligent children are. They pick up things so quickly, you know? They mm. learn a language before they can like do anything with their life, you know? Yeah, it's like that. Their brain is at a rate where they have to like, learn so much, so fast. They learn it like, mm. like how to like, almost, almost inadvertently how to like, manipulate adults as well. When it comes mm. to, <clears throat> like, um, for example, like when when parents um put out stuff to eat for kids. Mm. Like I remember when I was younger, I would like, sort of guilt my mum and to say no I don't want that I just want to eat chicken nuggets and chips do you know what I mean so it's mm. like kids can devote 100% of their energy into getting what they want from you because they don't have like, any worries at that young yeah. age whereas and you, you, you know you've got bills you've got your house you've got relationships to worry about a kid can focus all its assets and making sure that it gets its chicken nuggets and chips do you mm. know what I mean so it's like it's really it's really weird how how much we underestimate kids in, in our society, and that's mm. that leads to actually what causes Nemo to be rebellious because Marlon is is dealing with his own trauma and can't sort of let go, and uh, Nemo because he feels suffocated disobeys and was like, "Well, I'll I'll show you," and that's what leads to the whole. <clears throat> it's a breakdown of trust that sort of spins the film to it to where it ends up and um mm, mm. i really like i really like how they've done it they've i think marlon's character is a good sort of a good sort of um example of of masculinity in films yeah and i think it's hard to sort of get that nowadays mm, mm. B- because you know um i think a, a lot of emphasis is placed on characters that are more interested in how they look and how they'll seem to look sex partners and stuff. But Marlon has trauma and has great anxiety that he has to deal with. Yeah. And I think if that was more of an arc with male characters, I think it would, it would, it would, you know, it would certainly do some good in the world. I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. It would shift our mm. sort of view about this need for men to be stoic and sort of silent and the, like, I mean, well, you know, uh, like in the Sopranos, uh, Tony Soprano talks about uh, Gary Cooper, who's mm. the strong, silent type, and meanwhile Tony is the picture of insecurity. 
and, yeah. and and sort of anxiety when he has panic attacks and things like that. So it's like, you know, it's sort of breaking down the facade and sort of showing that, yeah, men are absolutely just as, if not more vulnerable than, than any other gender, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I completely understand what you're saying. It's, um, it is pleasant every now and then to get a, a version of masculinity that's not what I expected or not what I thought it might be. Um, yeah. The other one that springs to mind is Newt's Commander from the Fantastic Beasts films. Yes. That specific sort of caring, nurturing version of masculinity is really nice. He's not socially dominating and he's not aggressive because he's got to a point in his life where he's realised, well, I don't, I don't really care about any of that sort of stuff. I just want to. Yeah. I just want to look after these these creatures that I'm lucky enough to be custodian of um and so it's nice to have sort of a caring generous picture of masculinity instead of hyper aggressive hyper possessive do you know what i mean it's nice i absolutely 100 percent agree with you Mm. um i said that quite aggressively i agree 100 percent. okay um i think I'm, i'm running close to being out of notes but i have a couple of other stuff um do you have a favourite character in this film, and why are they your favourite character? Well, when I was a kid, <laughs> um, <laughs> what's it used to have? Uh, M- Mackies. They had, with the Happy Meals, they had uh, Finding Nemo's toys for a bit. Yeah. Um, and, and I sort of, I think I actually collected them all. And um, they were sort of, I think they were water safe. That was the idea of them. You, as, as, as a little child, you were supposed to play with them in the bathtub. And, um, can't remember how old I must have been, but um, I remember I used to really enjoy playing with um, with Willem Dafoe fish. I don't know what specifically made it a fun fish to play with. So, but because of this long-standing um, history I have with the Willem Dafoe fish, yeah. it would have to be. Um, I've completely forgotten his fucking name now. Gil. Um, Gil. Yes. Oh, that's a brilliant name, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. um, so it would be Gil. Yeah. Did you also get a tank? Filled with the minestrone soup of filth in it. Um, I don't think I did. No. No. Oh, that would that would have complete. You could have got the entire tank, and you could have. You could. Do you know what you could have done? You could have got every real fish in that film and put it in mm. a tank together and see how they would have behaved. Get a wee volcano, see if they go through the 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 ring of fire. Mm. Um. Mm. So there you go. I'm gonna do that now. <laughs> Good. I'm glad to hear it yeah um, go on who's your favorite character then um probably uh probably jacques who's the who's okay. the, who's the I, I don't know what is he a prawn is he a he's a prawn or a shrimp or something isn't yeah, he? yeah he's a shrimp he's a voila he's clean you know i love i love when I love when the French accent is so disgustingly stereotyped <laughs> in films. <laughs> oui, oui, monsieur. Is <laughs> that? Yeah. Bonjour. Um, is that? He hasn't been decontaminated yet. Jack! We oui. Clean him! <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, la mer! Oh. Voila, he's clean. <laughs> I do enjoy that, yeah. Um, it's very good. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, um, I think I might be out of notes, actually, Cocker. Have you got anything, any bits and bobs left? Favourite scene, go on. <sighs> I, can I have a favourite moment instead of a favourite scene? Of course you can. When they all land in the ocean in their bags, and then they're all sat there <laughs> floating, and they look at each other and go, what now? <laughs> I quite like that. It's just, I don't know, it says something quite powerful about, like, um, you work... If that's there's a problem with with a goal and a goal oriented mindset instead of a sort of milestone oriented mindset, you, yeah. you achieve your goal and then you're like, okay, and what now? It's no. what gets me about um, I forget who it was that said this to me. Um, I think it was, I was at work and someone said, um, so what's your five year plan? And I was like, I'm sorry, what? I've never understood the problem, the idea of having a five year plan because you Stalin, look what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, in 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 this person's defence, I think it is a it is a turn of phrase I've seen used online. Um, but yeah, the idea of a five year plan is bizarre to me because it's well, what what are you going to do on year six? What what comes <laughs> after that? Do you know what I mean? I, yeah. I, I don't. It's utterly bizarre to me. But yeah, that's I quite like that moment. It's quite nice. Have you got a favourite scene? I do. Yeah. See when uh, the mines explode. 
mm-hmm. the, the the floating bombs, um, mm-hmm. and and one bubble pops up, and the seagull looks at the other seagull and is like, nice, and then flies and then flies away raging because <laughs> he thinks that the other one's farted. <laughs> <laughs> God, I love, yeah. I, I I love Finding Nemo. <laughs> I love Australian accents. This yeah. is something that I, I I find is a generally people don't agree with me quite so much. People are very neutral in the Australian accents, but I quite like them. They're quite nice. Okay, um, well, last question then, relating to the mm. Australian accent. Um, what's your favourite thing to say in an Australian accent? Um, Chucky Yui, which means oh. like like as in uh, pull a U turn when you're driving. I'm going to go down the road and chuck a U and come back the way you went. I don't know, it's quite nice. What about you? Uh, my favourite is saying uh, water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> water bottle? That's good. There's plenty of room for activities. <laughs> oh no, I'm really thirsty. I better. Where's my water bottle? I better, take, I better take a swig of my water bottle. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Any, any Australian listeners have fucked off by now. Um. <laughs> But yeah, I think I think I might be out of notes now. Yes, I think we're definitely out of notes, Dan. Let's yeah, be completely I think, honest. I think maybe, um, maybe. Do you have a closing statement? Um, I do. This is a lovely film, and as with all Pixar movies, it has like a weirdly potent, strong point about life, which is always lovely to get through and and to to understand and love. So I I enjoy this film very much. Excellent. Um. Why are so many Pixar films so damn good? I'm not crying. You're crying. Um, there you go. Well, that was uh, that was Finding Nemo. We did find him. He was <laughs> he was behind the couch, a little blighter. He was in Australia. Yeah, he was in Australia. Look what the, the, the they swim from America to Australia. And an hour and an hour and forty three minutes. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's well, a, I'm, assu- I'm assuming because yeah. why would why would Marlon <laughs> why would Marlon and Nemo have, um, you know, American accents if they don't come from America, as we've already established, mm, um, mm. which makes me question why Jacques has a French accent. Is he did he move from France? Yeah, maybe, maybe, or maybe he's a Longestine, and it's like some kind of a. A component of his, I don't know. Yeah, maybe good, he must have moved from France. Maybe it's maybe he's French Canadian. Maybe. Oh, maybe that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? But Who knows? that wouldn't explain why he was in Australia. True. True. Yeah. But anyway, but let's 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 live our lives now. Um. <laughs> uh, should we do some shilling? Yeah, go on then. Okay. Uh, we all have link trees. I'm going to say this as fast as I can, right, Lewis? Um, okay. Lewis's link tree is linktr.ee slash Lewis underscore Brindley. Mine's is slash O'Hiram and the podcast is slash Shouting Into The Void. There you will find our socials, our Facebook, our Instagram, our YouTube. Go give us a like and a subscribe and a follow and see what you like. We have a PayPal donate button so anything you can spare, anything at all would be greatly, greatly appreciated. We also have Patreon and we want to take the opportunity as we do every week to thank our wonderful, wonderful patrons. Chloe. Thank you. Darius. Thank you. Peter. Thank you. Aditya. Thank you. Natalie. Thank you. Doogie. Thank you. Thank you, one and all. You make this show entirely possible. You keep the lights on at Void Towers, and we love you every single bit, just as much as Marlon loves Nemo, but not in a weird sort of paternal way, because you pay our wages. And, uh, yeah, so we will um, keep making content as long as you... As long as you... um, Keep paying us. Keep paying us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, we also have merch on Teespring and Redbubble, where we sell tote bags, jumpers, stickers, mugs, socks, all sorts of shit. Go get yourself something nice. Go get your grand something. When was the last time you called her, eh? Eh? You piece of shit. Um, and last I called my not... granddad last night, actually. Say that so again? I'm, I'm, I called my granddad last night, so they... I'm, I'm I'm doing quite well. Well, there you go. Um, And... Right, don't show off, Lewis. And last but not least, we have partnered with an amazing company called Number 12 Crochet Avenue. And Lewis is going to say some wonderful things about them, probably really slow, just despite me. And all of which are true. No one who Avenue is a wonderful company run by my wonderful wife in which she crochets and she's very, very good at it. And if you'd like to keep up to date with everything that they're doing with their time, you can go to at number 12 crochet avenue on Instagram and you can see what they're up to and you can bless your Instagram feed with some amazing content. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, Thank you so much for 
listening to our podcast. But yeah. before we even think about leaving you, we have some decision. One decision to make <laughs> for next week's episode, don't we, Lewis? Um, yeah. So let's spin the wheel. Wait, 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 wait. Jurassic Park! For anyone that listens to this podcast, like, religiously, I bet you're now wondering, wait a minute, why is it they say some numbers some weeks and don't bother saying anything the next week? It's because the way we choose our podcasts are incredibly arbitrary and we've yet to work out a system for it. So you've managed to peek behind the curtain tonight, dear listener, if you're there. Don't tell anyone. Hello, are you there? <laughs> um, but yeah, so Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park's good, and uh, it's a classic. It's got Sam Neill in it. Um, yeah, Sam Neill, who's actually I was going to say New Zealandish. That's, that's that's I don't think that's the the right word. But yeah, speaking of Australia, as much as we have been, he's from New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah, true. That is true. Um, so yeah, look forward to that, and uh, we will see you, hear you, smell you. Uh attack you with a barracuda next time. We'll put you in a plastic bag and throw you in the ocean. Does that sound good? Fishy! Um, why what? Why are you sleeping? Is that... Are you stupid? Like, I mean, jeez. I, I take everything I said about kids back, Lewis, okay? This girl is <laughs> rude. Thank you very much for listening to our podcast. Danny's going to have a rant now. Goodbye. Fuck's sake! Fucking darling! Thank you.